Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast, with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Well, it's October. Uh, Some of the, you'll hear the ads that say it's spooky season. I don't know if you guys have seen that. And I don't know if you know this, but Halloween is actually the second biggest decorating holiday in the U.S. after Christmas. Um, so we were driving around. I took Amy by some of my old houses where I used to live in Missouri. And uh, I was showing her there was a guy that used to live across the street from me, and he had this nice house. He loved Halloween. He was like the neighborhood Halloween guy. You know, he's the one that gave away the good popcorn balls and things. Uh, but he also had this this tendency to scare the bejesus out of kids. Like he just thought that was the greatest thing in the world. And I remember one time I went over to his house. I was going to knock on his door. He had a boat trailer and he had a tarp over it. And this crazy guy was hiding under the tarp on his boat trailer in a costume. And we came by and this arm would come out and grab you. And then he would sit up. And I mean, I I probably still have night terrors because of this, Uh, but he loved it. Uh, he loved doing those things, and, and people love getting into this stuff. And, and so about this time of the year, there's always movies that come out about the supernatural, about horror, all those things. And so typically what we try to do in October is talk about things we don't normally talk about the rest of the year in just our normal preaching. And so what we're going to do this month is we were going to start it last week, but again, Pastor Kenny came in clutch. I appreciate him doing that. Uh, so we're going to talk about unseen. How many of you guys know there's an unseen world that affects the things that we do see? There's a very real spiritual world out there that we can't see with our eyes, but we interact with it on a daily basis. And so we're going to talk about this these next couple of weeks. But in the 1800s, scientists believe in this thing called spontaneous generation because they saw things in the physical world that they couldn't see with their eyes, but they understood there was something there to it. And so when they would see someone get sick with a disease, they would say, well, that disease must have just grown. They didn't understand microorganisms or any of those things that we know about today. So they would say, well, they just, something grew inside them that it just appeared. Well, there was a guy in the 1860s. He was a French scientist named Louis Pasteur, and he started doing research. He said, well, I think there's something going on here that we can't see with our eyes. I think there's an unseen physical thing going on. And so he believed that there were tiny organisms you can't see, but they actually impact the world. They carry disease. We understand today we call them germs, right? We call them microbes. We call them microorganisms. We started looking at that, and he started working on um, hygiene. He said, you know, if you wash your hands, it takes away these little microbes that you can't see, and you won't get sick as often. Huge thing, right? And so he started doing research, and, and people started to accept it. And today we see it as a fact. He started working on vaccines. He said, we can inject things into your body to help your body fight diseases, well, we all understand this. We carry antibiotic um, sprays. We carry um, hand sanitizer. When we go on missions trips, man, we just dunk people in hand sanitizer and, I mean, all those things because we understand that there are things that we can't see that affect things that we can see. In 2020, we understood this even more, right? We started hearing words we hadn't heard for generations. Pandemic, right? And this little thing, this COVID-19 virus that we couldn't see literally stopped the world, right? Even though we couldn't see it, it stopped everything. It stopped schools. It closed churches for a while. It, people died, you know, industry. We're still feeling the effects today of something that we can't see. 
Well, guys, there's a spiritual world that does the same thing. Even though we can't see it, we see the effects of it, right? And even though the spiritual world is invisible, it becomes visible at times. Things that we can't see tend to have an effect on things we can see. And so that's what we're going to talk about these next few weeks. We're going to look at the, the spiritual warfare that goes around us, goes on around us. And if you turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, starting verse 10, we read this passage a couple weeks ago as we were going through uh, the book of Ephesians, so we won't spend a ton of time on this, but there's something here I want us to see. Ephesians chapter 6. Paul is talking about in the chapters preceding this about living in the light, living a Christian life around people who don't know Jesus. And he says this in verse 10, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Who? The devil. Paul talks about him like he's a real person. Why? Because he's real, right? There's a real effect. It says, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. That's where we get the title of this. From the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So Paul says that there is an unseen world out there that we do battle against in the spirit. So he says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So, Lord, I pray you'd help us today as we look at this unseen world that we can't see with our eyes. Lord, help us to see it the way you do. Help us to understand what's going on out there and help us to be ready in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to talk about what it means to, to do battle in the unseen world because we understand that the unseen spiritual world is real. This unseen spiritual world is very, very real. Some of you guys have had uh, encounters with the demonic. You've seen things. You've, you've seen stuff going on, right? It's real. I remember uh, we had a missionary who came to college when I was there. He was in Detroit, and they had taken an old porno theater, a triple X theater, and turned it into a church. And he said, it's funny because guys would still show up sometimes, like, thinking they're going to see a porno, and, you know, they walk into a church service, and they say, whoa. But in this, he was in a very seedy neighborhood, and he said, guys, we see this all the time because of drugs, because of all the things. He said, we see guys come out and pick up parking blocks, those concrete parking barriers in demonic strength and throw them at them and things like that. He said, it's very real. Um, we don't always see it. But spiritual warfare is a reality. We see references to the spiritual world all throughout Scripture. And I listed your uh, handouts today or the notes in you version. There's a bunch of verses in there. We're not going to read every single one of them today, but I wanted you to be able to go back and read these so you understand that what I'm telling you is real. I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to be dramatic. Um, but we see this all through in 2 Thessalonians, he says, The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning. Um, in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, this will be on the screen here for you. He says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
Guys, understand the devil is not here to be your friend. He does not want to be BFFs with you. He does not want to be on your, well, he might be on your Instagram, but not, you know, publicly. Um, he, he's not here to do it. He says he wants to devour you. He says, stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In James chapter 4, verse 7, he says, submit yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, guys, these are, are very real things. And here, one more I want to read to you. John 10.10. 10. Jesus said the thief's purpose, and he's talking about false teachers who work for Satan. He said the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. Guys, there is a very real spiritual war going on around us, and the devil wants to do three things. What? Steal, kill, and destroy. He has no good plans for your life. He is very real, and he will come after us. So there's a very real spiritual warfare going on, and we can see the effects of spiritual warfare. Guys, many of us have seen this effect in people around us. We see the effects of this. We see people who have fallen into destructive habits. We see people who have destroyed their families because of choices. We see people, some of us have seen people who've gotten into demon worship and things like that, witchcraft, and, and it's destroyed their lives. We see it. We can see the effects of spiritual warfare all around us. Even though we don't see them show up, we can see the effects of it. We can see the outcome. And we know who's involved in spiritual warfare. We know who it is that we're fighting. We know the devil is the one that we fight against, right? The chief enemy is Satan. He's the, the chief enemy of our, our souls. And I put in your notes there, um, there are several verses in Scripture that talk about Satan. He's called the accuser. He's called the tempter. He's called a murderer and a liar. He's compared to a lion. He's compared to an angel of light. He's called, we'll see later, he's called the God of this age. And so we don't know exactly where he came from, but we know he is a supernatural. And here's a couple of things we know about him. We talked about this a few weeks ago in service. We know that Satan is not omnipotent. He doesn't know everything like God does. Satan is not God's equal opposite. Okay? We know in, in superhero movies, you know, there are people who... You know, you have the hero and you have the, the anti-hero who's just almost as strong but not quite, right? That is not the case. God's up here, Satan's way down here, right? He's not his equal opposite, but he is very powerful and he is very active and he has bad plans for your life. So he's not omnipotent. He's not everywhere at once like the Lord is. He doesn't know everything. He doesn't have all powers that God does. He doesn't know our thoughts. He can't read your mind, but... He will watch what you do. He will have demons watch what you do, and he will find ways to tempt you because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, right? So he's not as powerful as God is, but he is out there, and spiritual warfare is very real. He has assistance. Paul said we fight against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So he knows that there are other powers out there. Satan has henchmen or minions, not cute little yellow ones like in the movies, but they're henchmen, they're minions. He has demons that work with him. We believe in Revelation 12, we see that he was cast out of heaven with a third of the angels. We believe these are fallen angels. Um, we see in Daniel chapter 10, he talks about uh, a prince of Persia who, who was a demon who was over a certain place. So we know that there are demons out there. And we understand that, that we're not fighting against the government. We're not fighting against people. We're fighting against unseen powers. 
So this is very real, guys, and that's what I want you to understand. There is a very real spiritual war going on. There is a very real enemy of your soul who is out there, and we don't have to be afraid of him, but we don't mess with him. We don't get into those things that he's into. And so uh, Paul shows Satan is a strong enemy. He's not one to be trifled with in our own power. He wants bad things for us. But we also know that we understand what he's trying to do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, Paul says, so Satan will not outsmart us because we're familiar with his evil schemes. We understand that we know who's involved. We know Satan is involved in spiritual warfare. We know he's there, uh, but we also know that God is stronger. But here's the thing, guys. I want you to understand there's a very real spiritual world. There's a very real spiritual battle going on. And this spiritual enemy that we're fighting does have power available to him in this world. Satan can do stuff. He is very real. We talk to missionaries all the time who see it a lot more open because, guys, in third world countries, spiritual warfare is a lot more open than it is here in the U.S. He doesn't have to be open here. He can do other things. But in other parts of the world, they'll have witch doctors come out and try to curse you. We had, uh, I was in Russia on a mission trip one time. We had uh, like an imam that came behind us. It was like a witch doctor, and they were chanting curses over us while we were walking through town. Like, you're not bothering us. Like, you know, keep it up, you know, whatever you want to do. Uh, but, but we understand they'll, they'll come out. Like we had some friends who went to Madagascar on a mission trip, and this witch doctor came out and was throwing things at him, and he couldn't hit them. It was hilarious. They, you know, God was protecting them, but he was throwing things and trying to kill them, and they were like, have at it, bud. You know, <laughs> we understand. Um, so, but he's very real, and it, Satan has the ability to deceive people. Probably the biggest tool that Satan uses is deception. He has the ability to deceive people. And what does he deceive them with? He makes them think it's not a big deal, right? He makes them think that he is not not out after them. He distracts them. Um, So we understand. And listen to this. In John chapter 8, verse 31, I'm going to read a little passage here. This is John chapter 8. It's not going to be on the screen because it was a ton. Uh, But if you want to turn there, you can. John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders, and he says, um, he said to the people who believed in him, you're truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. We love to quote that verse, don't we? We'll know the truth, and the truth will set us free. It's a great passage, but listen to what else he says. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you'll be set free? And then Jesus said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. And I realize you're descendants of Abraham, yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you're following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they said, because they were Jewish. No, Jesus said, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you're trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you're imitating your real father. He's talking about Satan. Listen to this. They replied, we are an illegitimate children. God is our true father. Jesus said, if God were your father, you would love me because I've come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. And listen, this is what I want you to hear right here. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. So 
He says, you can't even what? Hear what I'm saying. He said, they were so deceived by Satan, they couldn't even hear what he was saying. How many of us have come in contact with people and we're trying to tell them something and they just, it's like a blank slate. We tell people, guys, what you're doing is not good. What you're doing is going to destroy your family and they just can't even hear it. It's because they've been deceived. We try to tell people, what you're doing is, is going to destroy your marriage. And it's just, whew. what you're going to do is going to kill you eventually. Whew. It's just gone because they're deceived. This is what Satan does. He loves to lie to people. How many of us have ever <laughs> lied to ourselves? You ever been there? Oh, this isn't going to hurt me. This is fine. It's just a little, right? He loves to lie. Jesus said that lying is his native language. And don't ever say that to someone because that is offensive. But it's true about Satan. It is his native language. He says when he, under, he lies, he's consistent with who he is. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, listen to this. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. We have to understand that when we're talking to people, sometimes there's a spiritual war going on, and they can't hear the truth. God has to reveal it to them, and that's why we pray. We, we don't give up. We just keep praying. God, reveal yourself to them. Reveal yourself. And so, guys, sometimes there's a spiritual war going on, and people you know, will say, hey, those drugs are going to destroy you. That pornography is going to destroy you. That unfaithfulness is going to destroy you. These things are going to hurt you. And it's almost like they can't even hear you because there's a spiritual war going on. God has to reveal it to them. And they have to hit, sometimes they have to hit rock bottom. And that's why it's imperative, guys, that we know the truth. That's why it's imperative we read the word and get to know the truth because that's what sets us free. That's what helps us not be deceived. I worked in retail for a long time when I was in high school and in college. And they didn't bring, you know, we had people that would come through and try to pass counterfeit bills. You know how they trained us to, to see a counterfeit bill? They showed us the real one. They never brought a fake one and said, look at this, look at this. They said, just get to know the real stuff, and when a fake comes, you'll see it. And there were times we would get a bill and just like, ah, hold on just a minute. <laughs> I don't, there's something wrong about this. And how many times, guys, have you been talking with someone and they tell you something that's not true, and it's just like a light goes off in your head, like there's something not right going on here. That's the Holy Spirit showing you what's true. That's what Jesus said. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That's when he shows us those things. So, uh, so Satan has the ability to deceive people. He also has the ability to tempt people. And I think Satan loves to do is tempt. We see in Luke uh, chapter 4, Jesus went out into the wilderness, and what did Satan do? He tried to tempt him, right? He brought temptation specific to his situation. Hey, you've been out here for a long time without food. This bread would be really good. You should do this. Oh, you should. And he tried to um, twist scripture and to deceive him. So we understand that he loves to tempt. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Paul says the temptation in your life is no different from what others experience. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure so he knows, the Lord knows we're going to be tempted, but he protects us. He said, we'll never be tempted beyond what we can actually endure. God is not going to lay a trap for you that you can't get out of because he doesn't do that. Satan cannot trap you beyond what you can get out of. We always have a way out. So guys, Satan is not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful, but he does understand what will tempt you. He's smart. If you're not tempted 
with drugs, he's not going to bring that. If you're, if you're not tempted to be unfaithful to your spouse, he's not going to bring that. But he will bring what will tempt you. He will try that. That's exactly what he did with Jesus. He tempted him with power. He tempted him with food, right? And he's going to do that with us. He's going to find a way to try to tempt you. So how do we avoid that? That's why it's so important to have people around us who love us and support us and will talk to us when we're tempted. People who will hold us accountable, right? We need people who can say, hey, I see this coming. You may not see it, but I see this coming. Be careful. And we also have to make sure we don't go places where we're tempted, right? We talked about a couple months ago uh, when we're tired, that's when temptation comes. When we're emotional, that's when temptation comes, right? Those things will come, so we have to understand we can't go near those things. I, if I'm tired or, or frustrated, I can't go in an Apple store with my debit card. It just, Amy won't let me. It's because I'm tempted to buy things I shouldn't, right? I can't go in a motorcycle shop. I, I'm tempted, right? So she's like, no, you shouldn't do that today. Nope. So we have to be careful. We have to have people who will help us with those, people who will walk alongside us. But here's the great news, guys. Satan has limited authority in this world. He doesn't have all the power he wants. He is limited right now. God limits him. Listen to John chapter 14, verse 30. <clears throat> Jesus said, I don't have much more time to talk with you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I'll do what the Father requires of me so the world will know that I love the Father. He calls Satan the ruler of this world. Satan has authority, but it's limited. But he does have authority. He does have the freedom to work in this world. In Ephesians 2, verse 1, Paul said, You were once dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. And all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So Satan is working. The Bible calls him the, the ruler of this world. He does have authority. He does rule. Guys, what we saw in Israel last week, what we see right now, beheading babies, killing women, all those things, that's not Jesus doing that. Who is that? That's satanic influence, right? Those people are doing what Satan wants, steal, kill, destroy, right? We understand we live in a world where Satan is working, but we serve a God who is bigger. So we don't have to live in fear. That's the big thing I want you to get today. We do not have to live in fear of Satan, of evil, because Satan's authority is limited by the Lord. We see in the book of Job, um, it's an Old Testament book. It's actually one of the earliest ones as far as chronology. And we see that Satan was walking around the earth, and God said, hey, have you seen my servant Job? He's an amazing guy. And Satan's like, oh, he's only amazing because you let, you know. And so they did this little back and forth. And so Satan said, well, let me take all his stuff. So God said, okay, but you can't touch his body. And so he allowed him to do this. And he said, well, let me, let me make him sick. Then he won't serve you. So he allowed him, but he said, you can't take his life. And so Satan is limited by the Lord. We understand we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's affected by sin. We live in a world that's affected by people sinning. It's, it's not the way God designed it, but it is here. But he is limited. Satan is limited. And we're told by James, if we resist the devil, he will what? Flee from us. In the end time, Satan is going to be given more power during the, the tribulation. But right now, he can't do all those things. But here's the thing. A lot of us are not very good at resisting temptation, are we? That's why we have to have barriers in our lives. We have to have people who hold us accountable. 
couple, couple weeks ago in the pre-decide series, we talked about moving the line, right? If I know I'm tempted by this, I'm not going to set the line right at the edge. I'm going to move it back so I have a little bit of a buffer space, right? Because Satan knows and he's going to try to do things. And so we have to be very wise about that. His authority is limited. Um, Satan's authority is limited in the life of believers. Listen to this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Listen to what he says. He, Jesus, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. This verse is monumental, guys, because it said when we, before we knew Jesus, if we didn't have a relationship with Christ, we served who? Satan. That's what Paul said. We all used to serve him at one time, doing what he wants. But when we gave our lives to Christ and we were forgiven, he transferred us from that kingdom into his kingdom. What does a kingdom have? A king, right? If we serve Jesus and he is our king, we can't have two kings at once. That means Satan's influence in our lives is severely limited because he's not our king anymore. So guys, what this tells us is Satan cannot invade our bodies. We cannot be demon-possessed if we have a relationship with Christ. I was having a conversation with a, a college kid the other day, and they were, they were saying, well, you know, how does this whole demon possession thing work? And we said, well, you have to invite him in. A demon can't just leap on you and, you know, take you over like you see in the movies. It doesn't work that way. You have to invite them in. You have to give them influence. But, guys, here's the thing. Since Christ is our king, we, cannot, we believe we cannot be possessed by a demon. But what can we do if we're not careful? We can open up our lives to demonic influences. If we get into things that we shouldn't, we can open that door. You know what one of the, Satan's biggest doorways is? Anger, resentment, unforgiveness. We can open our lives up to those things and allow him a foothold. And, and Paul even talks about that. He said, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. You don't give the devil a foothold, right? And so we have to be sure that we don't open our lives up to those things. So his, his authority is limited, but we're also given weapons for this spiritual war. God didn't leave us alone. In, in Ephesians 6, we read earlier about the power that we have, the strategies that we have. So uh, there's a, a new movie coming out. How many of you guys remember the movie The Exorcist from the 70s? Anybody remember that movie? How many of you were terrified by that movie? That movie messed me up when I was a teenager because I didn't know Jesus at the time. And some of my friends said, hey, we're going to watch this movie. You should come watch it. I said, okay. I was terrified. I don't think I slept for a week after that. I was terrified, but I didn't understand spiritual warfare. Well, there's a new movie coming out, another exorcist movie coming out this month. Uh, you should read about it in Plugged In. Go to Plugged In or Common Sense. Plugged In's better, PluggedIn.com. It talks about it. They analyze the movie. But this movie terrifies people because it is fairly accurate about spiritual warfare. It shows that there is a very real enemy. Um, it's not, you know, you can't build theology on this movie or anything, but it is, they said it's terrifying because it shows demonic influence and what it will really do. So here's the thing, guys. You're going to have people asking you questions because they know you know Jesus. <laughs> How do I keep this from happening to me? I don't want my head to spin around and vomit, you know, all those things. We can tell them, you just need a king. You need to be in God's kingdom. We have the answer. You don't have to live in fear. Jesus is bigger, Right? He's bigger than special effects and all those things, right? He's bigger. So we don't have to live our lives in fear of Satan, but we do have to be wise about it. So as we get into Halloween, guys, be careful about the things you allow into your home. Be careful about the things you watch, the things you listen to. I had a young lady one time. 
uh, it was, she was in our youth group, and she was starting to hear voices and things. And um, she, would, she would walk downstairs, and stuff would move. I mean, it was very real spiritual stuff. So, you know, we, we prayed and we prayed, and, and finally, you know, said, well, what are you listening to? And she started showing us some music she was listening to, and it had big pentagrams on the back, you know, and they were talking about demonic things. And I said, why don't you stop listening to that for a while and, and listen to something different? And she said, wow, that stuff went away. <laughs> because you shut the door, Right. You didn't allow that anymore into your home. And, you know, we went through and prayed. It's very real. And that opened her eyes because she said, wow, I had no, I thought that was just stories. No, this is real. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. And we understand we don't have to be afraid, but we do need to be wise. But we serve a God who is bigger than all that stuff, right? So I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able this morning.